Thessalonians, when Paul came in, they received the word not as words of men, but as the word of God, and you believed them. And I just, I love that. You guys have that heart. Don't lose that as you think. You guys, man, these, are, these are the good old days. I had a youth group just like this. I look back at them all the time. And it's a joy. Fight for the unity in this group. Fight for that brother-sister mentality. Don't let anything destroy the, the sweet things that you're going, going on here. 
counselors, I need to thank you. You guys do the hard work there. I do. Like I had an Andy in my group. I had a Bobby. I had these these ladies. I had the same counselors in my group, just with different names. I mean, it's interesting. Andy and my guy was Brady, pretty close. Right? But man, they they encouraged me. They prayed for me. Loved on me as well from the moment I got here. And people were just giving me stuff, doing stuff for me. And I just want to say thank you. And you're the one. I just had to present it. You actually had to put it in the hearts. You had to massage it into the rooms, right? I just want to say thank you. And Meg, well done. You've got a role that many people don't know what you have to bear as a pastor's wife. And sometimes it just can be unbearable. And you have to share it. And sometimes you don't get the, the thanks. You don't get the attention. But because you share him, you will share in the rewards. I just want to say thank you. And you do a good job. Stephen, just thanks for giving me the show. Thanks for being a man. Lots of the Lord. Let's lead you. Especially if I should have been here or not. <laughs> thanks for trusting me with your teens. I know that's a big deal. It's like trusting your kids with somebody. And he didn't know me except by one little suggestion by Tony. Thanks that you're sensitive to the Spirit. And I'm really thankful that you're surrendered your life to the Lord and you've gotten in the fight. I could be your Caleb and stand with you, take the stones with you. I could, I could be your armor bearer for your heart, face some odds. But finish your fight, brother. Finish a good fight that you've been waging. We need people to finish. You've done so well. I need Andy to yell at me, sucking up buttercup. Thank you. I'm coming. Thanks, Andy. Uh, another thing, okay, that's I can bottle them for just a second, I guess. But another thing, if I can listen, if my brother hears some of these messages, oh, <laughs> I probably fractured him a little bit. I don't know if there's a brother fracturing you can do, but I, I may have done. But so if you get these messages, share them. But hey, don't link my name to them. Okay. One, I don't need the glory. I don't want it anyway. But just, just concede Satan say, hey, play that message. But Cole, if you're listening, you once told me, I'm like looking like he's up here. Okay. <laughs> uh, he once told me this. We do more damage to holiness by just saying we're holy, but never talking about the process of how we became holy. We're kind of like, oh, I'm here, look at me, and we expect people to get there, and never told them how we actually got there. 
And so for me to explain the things that we talked about, I had to explain my process of holiness, which included my brother. And he's still in the process, so pray for him. He's not a bad dude. He would love him. If he was here, he would serve. If he was here, he'd do videos, and they'd be amazing. Just that odd fracture thing. Still kind of got him. Man, I, I need to fly to this review. Okay, so let's, let's just jump in here. Our Lord is a man of a, a war. Man of war, right? He fought for your soul. There's no PowerPoint, so man, just kind of listen here. He, he, he won it through salvation. He fought for your heart and mind, and hopefully that's been had through surrender. So you don't have to have yak attacks. You do trust him. He gets you in the fight through submission, submission to your disciples, submission to your father, and eventually the heavenly father. Last night we talked about enduring hardness, maintaining focus. And listen, we're going to be coming off the mountain. Listen, you know why you need to come off the mountain? I'm sure you know. People. Moses was no good if he stayed in the wilderness and never went to Egypt. Remember Moses on the mountain getting the word of God from him. That doesn't do any good. Getting the word of God from God and just him staying on the mountain with his little two tablets. He had to go down and give it to the people who were in some horrible mess when he showed up, right? There's people that need victory. And they're in the valley. The fight for the souls of men aren't on mountaintops. It's down in the valleys. So we have to go down. And as we go down, as we return to battle, listen, there's some slippery slopes. There's some slippery places. If you're going to write anything down, write this down. After every great victory is an opportunity for great defeat. After every great victory is an opportunity for a great defeat. When you come off those buses, Satan's waiting to counter Everything that just happened. And man, it will be the see all is fair and love and war. I don't understand the love part. I guess if you really love a girl, you can steal them from your best friend. I guess that's what that means. I don't know. The war side, that's not good counsel, by the way. Okay, but the war side, I get it. Especially when our, our battle between our enemy, God's enemy, Satan. Look. Just expect to be punched under the belt when you got home. Man, just expect to be punched in the back of the head when you ain't looking. Man, just expect those punches are going to come from family members, friends. And they, they don't know it. So just forgive them. So you're free, but just know that Satan will use anybody and everybody. And you get to slip up. You all are coming in some hardness. Some way, some form. It may not be day one, it may be day two, maybe day three. But at some point, as you're coming down the mountain, it's wanting to slip your slip you up. 
So all of this is lost. Listen, can I give you what the hardness I'm coming into when I come home? The stuff that I didn't talk about. I gotta bring that bottle off, okay? So the tears can be collected, but I'm gonna try. And I asked Stephen if I could do this, and so I'm not trying to press the emotional button. Okay, we're, you should have already made decisions. I'm not trying to move your heart anymore. I'm just sharing. I'm just talking about. So my sister is part of our church, both of them, right? She's now part of our church and married this guy that I was able to lead the Lord and start a discipleship with them, and I hand it off to another guy to finish it. It's just awesome, dude. She's been healed from that whole both of thing. It's just so cool. So she was supposed to have my nephew one day. One day. Monday morning they go and they have the heartbeat and then Monday the baby dies inside her. I'm here. I don't want to be here. deliver the baby without ever hearing the cry. That's my sister. I can't be there. I'm not only her sister. I'm their pastor. And I can't. I could have. I could have told Stephen I'm gone. And Stephen, I get it. But my sister says, no. I need you to stay there for them. I'll get you here in a little bit. When I get home, I gotta help bury my nephew. That's what I'm coming into. I'm, I'm coming into. I got a sweet lady in our church just came down with COVID. She just got admitted to the hospital last time. She's low on oxygen. I don't know what I'm coming into. Like I'm not. I'm not like. Uh, like us leaders aren't like any different than you guys. When we hit home, we hit hardness too. We get run the battle just with you as well. By the grace of God, my dad was able to come down and because my sister two years ago forgave my dad. And it'll be there and hold him. And, and just cry. My mom, I talked to her. She broke my heart in a good way. And she's like, I've never seen your dad cry so hard. My dad wasn't a crier. But it's so good for my brother-in-law Tyler to see that because his dad had died when he was really young and he wasn't taking this thing very well and understandably he, he didn't want to see him didn't want to hold him, it was just cold he's a big man, strong man he's had, he's had prison time I mean he's he's got prison muscles if that means anything to you and when he saw my dad begin to cry and hold him in that moment, my dad became a spiritual father to him and was able to help him in the process of this morning. And it's okay to mourn. So this is what's been going on. should be like, my bias codes I had always read. I'd be kind of there, but sometimes not. Because, man, 
as I've been rejoicing with you and working with you, I've been mourning. See, the endurance, you don't get to choose when the hardness comes. You just have to choose to endure and maintain focus. Some of you guys are like, man, good, I get it. Man, when I come home, I know I'm coming into a fight. My mom and dad are fighting all the time or this or that or whatever the thing may be for you. Endure. Turn with me to Psalm 73. And this is what God showed me this morning. So it's all fresh. Psalm 73. This is fresh bread. 1 through 28. I know we're going to have to read it. And we're gonna have, we got five minutes. And... For the sake of time, I can't, I can't work through it. I can't get through this passage in five minutes. You're gonna, what do I, <laughs> you sure? I hate that. Okay. You just, can you do this back there? Like, the, it's time for me. You're like, or just yell out, Mike, and I'll know what you mean. Okay. All right, so Psalm 73, verse 1. Truly, God is good to Israel. The Father, where Israel is called my son in Exodus chapter 4. Here the psalmist starts out, God, you're truly good to us. Even so, such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. He's in a slippery place. And when you get in a transition, that's a slippery place. Anytime you transition in life, that's a slippery place. Like when you go to junior high to senior high, things are changing. And so during that time, that's, that's when you lose some kids. It's a slippery place. Some of you guys are graduating in high school, going to college. It's a transition. It's going to be a slippery place. When you get married, going from a single to a married person, that's a transition. It's, it's a slippery place. It's a place where the enemy can come in and give you a different focus. Because you're changing your focus, right? If you're in middle school, you're no longer thinking like a middle one. Okay, you're no longer shooting for the same things that you were in middle school when you come into high school. When you're in high school, now you go to college, you're not shooting the same things that you were in high school. It's like the college guy that still walk, walks around with his letterman jacket from high school. I do. You should have a different focus now. Okay, listen. Those are places that you transition your focus. Everybody wants to get in and mess that up. These are slippery places. These are transitions in our life. And so, as we're coming from camp, this mountaintop, and we're transitioning, we need to transition our focus. And in that transition is when the enemy wants to get in and start to make things happen so you slip. Look, look at, look at his focus here. The psalmist's focus as we read. Verse 3. He just said truly God is, uh, God is good of Israel, or to Israel. But it says, 3. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. His focus is on the world. Right? He understands God is good to Israel. Especially those who are clean heart. He's been there. He's had that focus. And now it's transition where now he's starting to look at the world. For there's no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Verse 6. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. 
Violence cover them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. You ever looked at the world and you're like, man, you know what? As a Christian, I don't get a lot. But man, the world sure gets a lot. Man, it's sure hard to be a Christian. And when you look at the world, you're like, man, it sure looks a lot. It looks easy. Like they got it going on. They have everything their heart could wish. Why don't I? See how the focus is changing? He's starting to look at the world. Here we go. Verse 8, they are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak lawfully. Verse 9, they, they set their mouth against the heavens and their, their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, his people return hither and waters of full cup are wrung out to them. They're getting benefits even though they, they don't do anything for the Lord. Verse 11, they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? I mean, they're questioning God, and there's still these things are happening. Verse 12, Behold, these are ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in, reach, in riches. Man, God, they're, they're questioning you and your knowledge. And, and they're getting benefits. They're getting riches. Man, they've got everything their heart wishes for. Verse 13, Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain. And wash my hands in innocency. Verse 14. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. Sound like he's in a hard spot? He's in some hardness. He's looking, he's starting to look at the world. And see him like, ah, oh, man, it's a little, it's easy. Listen, with God, this is how it works. It's hard up front, easy comes later. With the world, it's easy up front, it gets hard later. Right? You live your life hard for him. I'm telling you what. Millennium and on. It's awesome. You live easy right now. By the world standards. You will come under its bondage at some point in this life. And if for some reason you can kind of skate by. You'll find. In the judgment seat of Christ. That's going to be really hard. It's going to be really hard. You hear the psalmist losing focus. He's is he going to endure? His steps had well nigh slipped, and they almost went. Transitions are slippery. Look at verse 15. Watch what happens that saves the day, that doesn't allow his feet to slip. I say it, I will speak thus. Behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. Verse 16, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until. Until. I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood either end. It gets its focus back by entering the presence of the Lord having an interactive relationship with him. And he gave him understanding. He didn't have a yak attack. Close. God was able to focus him. He was able to bring that thought into captivity under the obedience of God's words when he came into his presence. He came back to God. Even though he started, oh no, I'm looking at the world. I know I need to be here. And so he did what was obedient came to the sanctuary of the Lord, his time with God, and God was able to change him. Able to get him back. Able to bring focus. Look at verse 18. Surely thou hast set them in slippery places. He was almost in the slippery places. Now he sees they're in slippery places. 
Now casts them down into destruction. He now sees all this stuff that he thought was great that the world had to offer. He now sees it's going to be their destruction. You see the focus change? All because he came into the presence of the Lord. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one wakens, so will the Lord. When thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved. I was pricked in my reins. Then here his, he's like, man, their heart is full. And he's like wishing that. Now his heart is burdened. It's broken. He said, verse 22, so foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. And thou hast holding me by my right hand. Sounds kind of like a dad, right? Holding a kid by the right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom, I, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. Wait, he was just desiring the things of the world. He comes in God's presence and now he's like, the only thing I want is you. Change your focus. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go whoring from thee, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God. The psalmist, his heart had been won. He puts his trust in the Lord. What's crazy, all this happens, and then because of this movement in his heart, He's enduring the hardness. He gets back his focus. He's now trusting the Lord. What does it say? That I may declare all thy works. Listen, as you go home, your focus has to change. You now have to enter the fight in a real way. You just cho chose to join. Now you're getting into the, into the fray. And again, Satan doesn't love, or he doesn't play fair. But here's a couple of words from an old man. Right? Right, boss? She called me old the other night. Endure hardness. Maintain focus. But when you fail, get up. Turn with me to Proverbs 14, 24, verse 16. Proverbs 24, verse 16. Proverbs 24, verse 16. If you don't have time to get there, just write it down. Listen, when the keys to taking notes, write the reference down first, then try to turn there. Don't try to turn there and then try to get the reference. Proverbs 24, verse 16 says this. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. He's not just because he fails. He ju he's just and he gets up. But this, this is not saying a just man will never fall. A just woman will never fall. It's saying a just man is going to get up. A just woman is going to get up. 
but the wicked fall in mischief. You may get knocked down. More likely we will. The issue is, is are you going to get knocked out? Listen to all this stuff that, man, you may get hit and you're out for a couple of hours and you're just down and you're like the psalmist. Man, is this really worth it? Man, it's, it's much easier to go back to my old life. It's much easier to go back to my old decisions. It's much easier to just not do anything with my dad and just go back to that old life. And you begin to let those thoughts and you're like, oh, God, I just need to get with the Lord. And that time, he's able to bring those thoughts into captivity and bring them to obedience and just change your focus back to these things. So you trust him again and get up. You know, so we sling this verse around. Have you heard that verse before? If you've heard that verse, raise your hand. Have you ever read the verse before? He ain't talking to us when he says that verse. Check this out. Verse 15. Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. Is that a period? Nope. For a just man falleth seven times and rises up again. He's talking to the wicked man. Hey, don't even worry about that just guy. You're going to knock him down, but he's going to keep getting back up. You're wasting your time. You know the wicked one in the Bible, you know who that is? Satan. It, it is so crazy, right? If, if Satan's like, I'm going after AJ. God's like, you know what? Go after AJ. You're kind of wasting your time messing with this house and his resting place because you know what? You may get him a couple times, but he'll get back up. He'll get back up. Hey, you may get Steven a couple times, but you ain't going to keep that man down. He's going to keep getting up. What did Babe Ruth say? hard to win when the guy you're playing never gives up. See, don't fall in the trap. Oh, I failed. And you slide down back of the mountain and you're back in the mud and you're, you're like, I'm at step one. No, just get up where you fell. Better yet, when you fall, you're already on your knees. Pray. Get back in the presence. Get Maintain focus. Get up. Some of you guys, especially like with pornography, you went three months, and you're like, oh, i got to start over again. No! Just start from the three-month track. Just keep going. Don't look at it as this. I'm starting over every time you fail. No, you've learned a lot in those three months. God's taught you. He's shown you some things. Don't go back. Get up. And keep going. And what you find through life, man, there's going to be things that knock you down. But you made the decision, I will not quit. So you get up, and you get up, and you get up, and you get up. And you look back at your life, and actually you look back and you see, man, you actually won more battles than you lost. But you won the war. Because you never gave up. You kept coming back to the presence of God. You kept coming back to hear from Him, even though you know it's going to be tough and hard. Yes, you failed maybe at a Bible study. Maybe you failed at the gospel. Maybe you failed morally. Maybe you failed that. We do that. Get up. And never give up. 
ever quit, you'll find yourself sitting in the judgment seat of Christ, a victor. Very well done. I remember that story of my dad in baseball, and I hit the bag, and he turns around, I lost the game. But I want something greater. I want this affection and this pleasingness from my father. Pleasingness, is that a word? Affection and this honor from my dad. And I realized all I need to do is give my all and don't give up. And if I know at the end of the day I do that, every day if I know that I didn't give up on my Lord, I may have failed, but I didn't give up, and I finished that day, I can hit my head on that pillow knowing I pleased Him. Knowing I finished the day well. And if I have that mentality every day, I'm going to finish. I may have some down moments, but one hour doesn't mess up 24 or 23 more. I can redeem the other 23. Rise up. You ever seen the movie Rocky? Man, I, I was thinking about this morning. Like, I am getting old. There's people that they only know Creed 1 and 2. They don't know Rocky. Right? So if you know the movie Rocky, cool. If not, you need to, you know, get saved and go watch it. I'm just joking. Right? Did Rocky win the fight? Well, the judges' eyes now. But they weren't going up. The crowd was going, Rocky, Rocky. Because what? He just went the distance. That dude's face was jacked. But he didn't quit. And he won the hearts. You want to win the heart of your father? It's not necessarily all the ups and downs. It's just, he didn't quit. He didn't quit. Listen, he gives you four things to fight for. He gives you four things to not, not fight for. I, hope, I was trying to read Stephen's eyes. Okay. God gives you four things to help you in the fight. Write these down. Four things. The man of God. He gives you four things to help you in this fight. The man of God. The spirit of God. The word of God. And the people of God. Listen. He's giving you men and women here. that are walking with the Lord. That's helped to. It's most. It's supposed to help you in the fight. He's giving you the spirit on the day of salvation. That will guide you in all truth. It's there to help you in the fight. He's giving you the word of God. That's supposed to be your sword. To help you in this fight. And he's giving you the people. The church. Now Listen. You ever see a three-legged dog? Right? Kind of sad. But it's pretty amazing how fast they can cruise. Right? But it's, no, it's not like a four-legged dog. Listen, if you stop listening to the man of God, you kind of just limp through life. You take out the word of God, you ever see those two-legged dogs? Man, it just kind of breaks your heart, do And then the one-legged dog, it's like, and the no-legged dog, you're like, man, they're just crawling through life, right? You're like, ah, oh, that's so sad. And I'm not trying to call you a bunch of dogs, but listen, some of you guys keep removing these helps, and you're just limping and crawling through life. Listen, are you kind of, I mean, 
if a dog has no legs, you're really scared of them. They're not, they really don't have, they may be barking and motor, they really aren't going to put a bunch of the fight. You get those four things in your life, man. You keep them there, even when it's hard, you don't like it, you don't get it, but you keep coming back to the man or woman of God who's placed in your life. You keep coming back to the Spirit of God and being sensitive to that and answering it, not putting those things away, but actually responding. And then the Word of God, you just keep going, I don't feel like it, I know, I know, I know. Just make sure, get it in your life. And then you keep the people of God in your life. Listen, you'll be a dog to mess with when it comes to the fight. But here, remember that verse, the, that last verse of that chapter? I have put my trust in the Lord. You know what the next thing that happens? That I may declare all thy works. Listen, as we end this, listen, God has and will place you in school for a reason. And you need to go home and get prepared for that battlefield that's coming. For the souls that you need to lead out of Egypt. That Stephen and the counselors and his wife, they, they, they don't have the connection. They're not put in that history class. You are. You're there to be the Moses now to someone and lead them out of that Egypt. You need to help them learn how to surrender their heart and mind because you have. And you know the benefits of that. Listen, I told you about I started a Bible one. Uh, Bible study in high school, right? And we, we, I joined one and it kind of fizzled out. So then I was the next leader the next year, my sophomore year. It's so three years. I had like five students the first time, ten, sometimes just me and my dad. My dad joined me in the fight. That was kind of cool. I usually just joined him, but now he's joining me. And he brings donuts Friday morning at 6.30. And sometimes there's five. Sometimes just me and my dad. Sometimes just others. Well, my brother's a year behind me, so now he's coming in. And he's, we're doing this my senior year. And we have 60 students. Awesome. People were going to say, this is an amazing thing. It's a great testimony. God was working. I think I did it. I finished. Cool. I graduated. And now I forget. I just kind of forgot. My brother was kind of tagging along. And so it's now his turn. That dude. Here I've been talking like razzing him, right? All week. That dude. Witness to every person in our school, including the staff, and including most of the parents. Which, like, I, got, I think it's like 15, no, 2,000 something. I, think, I, got, I can't remember. 1,500, 2,000 some people in our school. He did that in one year. He kind of had some help. He did it in one moment. Here's what he did. He, he, we had what's called Mr. Raytown South. That's where you kind of they pick the guys that are kind of the, the ones that are the popular ones and they have to go and actually like do, they get nominated and then they got to do talents in front of everybody and you raise money and all this stuff and it works to these points and these votes and if you get voted, you can become Mr. Raytown South. Perfect honor. Selensky, thank you. All right, so here we go. My brother, his talent is making videos. So he makes this amazing video. I can send you the link. It's pretty cool. It's, it's on YouTube. He, he put his face on some Yankee player, 
and like diving for a ball. He put his face on Vince Carter, Duncan, or Michael Jordan, and he, he, he would take all these guys and their photos and put his face on it, and it looked real. It looked like that was him. And he said, you know, I can tell you about my talent in baseball. I can tell you about my talent in basketball. I can, and it's in this video, and I can tell you about my music abilities and all this stuff. And he said, but my real talent is this video. And he said, but you know what? That talent really doesn't mean anything. Because, you know, it's not really my talent. It's what God has given me. And he lays out the gospel in this video. Well, guess what? Everyone would go to those assemblies. We all went. I was, I was graduated. So every person heard the gospel at Raytown South in the year 2006. I'm like, so I go that night to the parent night, and I'm, I'm in the crowd. And all the parents, they have to watch this thing too. And he preaches the gospel through this video to everyone there. I've got chills even now talking about it. Like, my, my brother, well done. Like, at the great white throne, that book that'll be open, like, that day, remember, at Raytown South, he heard the gospel. You heard the gospel through a guy named Cole Blaze. If I never did the Bible, I'm not trying to take glory for myself. I'm just showing you the pattern. If I didn't do the Bible study then, he would never have the boldness to do what he did. He would have had to start at the Bible study and work it up. Some of you guys are just seniors. You're like, man, what can I do? Just start something. Get it going. Start sharing the gospel. Start doing stuff. Endure for this year. And you may just have a freshman that's sitting there following you that he kind of thinks annoying. But he's following you. And he says, oh, because of you and you took those first steps, now I can take the third, the fourth, and the fifth and do the work that you started at your school. See, after my brother, my brother, when this happened, he was a senior, but my sister was a freshman. And so my sister then, for the next four years, so Raytown South had a gospel presence for my four years, and then my brother had an extra year, so that's five, and then my sister had three more after him. For seven years, is that seven or eight? Whatever the number is. For seven or eight years, they had a gospel present that was consistent in that school. You think that might change some things? See, don't think the battle is just individual, just you. You may be breaking the doors open so these middle school students in a couple of years are the ones taking over the Bible study you started or taking over that field that you've been given by the Lord. Listen, you're not in history class to listen to, now I'm going to probably get in trouble with this my parents. You're not in history class to learn history. That's secondary. You may be in history class to win Charles Ward to the Lord. Do your history. Do your homework. Be responsible. Be good stewards. But change your focus. I'm going to school in history class, whatever class, I am in this seat for a reason. And this is a battlefield for souls. It may just be the guy over here. I sat for a whole year with a guy named Scott Hilton. He just sat alone. It wasn't like a weird dude, he just sat alone. So I went over there and go sit down with him. And I sat with him the whole time. We just had conversations back and forth. I just tried to maybe present Jesus Christ to him. Who's going to start something? Someone needs to fight their early battles so the next group can get can piggyback of what you did. You may only have one. You may only have five. You may have only six. But there has to be somebody that's going to be strong and courageous and enter the fight. And your fight is going to be one of your main ones that you need to get into and win souls to your school.
and the people that are around you. So here's what's going to happen. Do we have time for this? No? Okay, I'll hand it over to Stephen. All right, I'll be praying. And then Stephen's going to take from there. He told me to land the plane. It crashed and burned. Here we go. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, just thank you for this time, Lord, and I'm going to let Stephen take over, Lord. You, your hand's been on him this whole time, and I trust him with all my heart, just as I do you. And just, uh, I just pray you, God, in these last moments as we lead up to the commitments and the things that Stephen has planned. We thank you in your name. Amen. Thank you.